So I want to yeah. welcome everyone, and I'm going to start with um, a slideshow. It was requested at our last meeting that uh, you wanted some information on regeneration. So the last uh, couple of days, I put together some material to kind of illustrate to you that, yes, the eye uh, can regenerate. And that's one of the reasons uh, why uh, we have success in our program. And it's just not my belief that the eye can regenerate. I think there's more and more doctors that are discovering that the human body uh, will and can uh, regenerate. So let me and again, a regeneration of the eye factor fiction. And my interest began uh, when I read the book, The Body Electric. This is written by Dr. Robert Becker, an orthopedic surgeon who passed away about five or six years ago. Brilliant, brilliant orthopedic surgeon who um, really looked at different ways for the body to heal. And one of the problems in orthopedic surgery is getting the bones to heal. Those of you that may have had a broken hip or know somebody had a broken hip, that can be devastating because the bones just doesn't heal. So Dr. Becker looked at methods of getting bone to heal and also tissues to heal. One thing that really impressed me was when a salamander has an amputation of the forearm, I'm talking about a complete amputation, um, it'll regenerate. Un unbelievable, if you cut the tail off of a salamander or a lizard, it'll regenerate. So there are a lot of animal species that have complete regeneration. So why is that? I mean, our bodies are supposed to be very sophisticated and remarkable. So why is it that any part of our body can't regenerate? So what Dr. Becker observed is you need an electrical stimulus. You need an electrical field for regeneration to take place. If you block that electrical field, regeneration will not take place. So he studied, he studied the whole idea of uh, regeneration. He looked at it, histology and uh, the changes in tissue and certain changes take place in the epidermis. And then there's the blastema that develops in limbs and things like that. So this is widely studied, but if you, stop the current electrical field at any point, regeneration will stop. So we need a healthy electrical current in our body. You know, our body is the body electric. It's very dynamic. We need that current. Of course, as we get older, the current uh, decreases. And I'm sure you've heard over and over again, you need to have an alkaline pH. An alkaline pH is healthy. And an alkaline pH means you have a lot of electrons in your body. And of course, there's many ways to get electrons into your body. Eating good, healthy, organic food, you're putting electrons in. Positive thoughts, affirmations, you're putting electrons in. And of course, microcurrent, we're putting electrons in. So this is remarkable here. This is a, a 20 or one year old male that had a total amputation of his finger. And uh, by using uh, electrical fields and current, total regeneration of the finger, uh, you know, phenomenal. And I really believe that we can do this with any part of the body, with any part of the body.
but it may take more than just the current. You have to have good nutrition, proper hydration, detoxification, all these things that may inhibit regeneration. This is an x-ray of my son, Sean, who broke his wrist. And the pisiform bone is a small bone that just doesn't heal. And the doctors were not optimistic that it would heal on its own. They still put a cast on. And I had my son, Sean, use microcurrent. I says, we're going to get this thing healed with microcurrent. When they took the cast off, the surgeons were shocked that the bone was completely healed. Um, and this is due, I believe, to <clears throat> microcurrent. And, uh, of course, my wife and I were praying for Sean, too. So always put a tincture of prayer in. I think prayer sometimes is more powerful than microcurrent. But anyway, this was a big um, uh, revelation for me, seeing microcurrent work on uh, this broken bone in my son's hand. Now, in addition to current, we are using something called frequency. And each tissue has a unique frequency, and we're trying to match that um, frequency of the microcurrent or electricity to the tissue, then there's a harmony. Much like you have two tuning forks. If they're both a C sharp, they're gonna resonate with each other. So the retina has a certain frequency and we want to match the frequency of the retina with the frequency of the microcurrent. You have harmony and you'll have regeneration. So that's one of the things that we've worked on uh, many doctors over the last uh, 20 or 30 years coming up with different frequencies that are maybe more specific for the tissue. So uh, we've talked about homeopathy, and in homeopathy we have um, unique remedies that have a certain frequency to help you. And likewise with microcurrent, uh, we have um, uh, unique frequencies to try to match the tissue. Now, if anybody out there is a, hey, I'm radio operator, I'm a general operator, that's my call sign, KM4JQR, and becoming a ham radio operator has actually helped me with um, understanding microcurrent, because microcurrent, we send a frequency. I propagate a frequency. The other day, I was in Florida, and I propagated a frequency, and I was talking to a friend of mine in Pittsburgh. So we propagate a frequency, and then another, there's a carrier wave, which is my voice. So likewise, what we do in your eye, or you have a, a condition, we have a frequency that kind of matches that tissue, and then we send another carrier frequency, which will then match or tell the tissue what to do. Uh, let's say there's inflammation. We want it to reduce inflammation or maybe there's scar tissue, reduced scar tissue. Now, the exciting thing that's happening now is something called signals, and I'm working with a company called iCell, and they've actually isolated some signals in the body. One is called VEGF, uh, vascular endothelial growth factor, and this is a signal that stimulates new blood vessels. Now, of course, VEGF has gotten a bad rap because those of you that have wet macular degeneration, you're given anti-VEGF. You're given medications which block the growth of new blood vessels. But in actuality, uh, 
we need new blood vessels to stimulate regeneration and growth. SDF1, stem cell derivative factor, is another signal that was uh, discovered. And this signal actually stimulates stem cells in your body. So one way for regeneration is to have healthy stem cells. And I think stem cells have gotten a lot of hype. Everybody thinks, oh, I can get stem cells and that'll regenerate my eye, it'll regenerate anything. But your body has stem cells. It's just getting the stem cells in your body to work. So the stem cell derivative factor frequency does that. Clothro is another one. It's a signal to stimulate an anti-aging protein. Uh, and so this is something that is uh, being utilized with microcurrent. So it's exciting because we're using these signals to try to regenerate the body. Now, light. Those of you that are involved with the program are using light. Light, light and microcurrent kind of go hand in hand. Light is essential for all life. If it wasn't for the sun, would there be no light on Earth? Uh, you know, the sunlight is transformed into using photosynthesis to get plants uh, store energy, and you eat those plants, and uh, you uh, eat the energy. Essentially, you're eating electrons. You're eating electrons. This is an article, Photobiomodulation, Regeneration Without Risk. This is Excuse me, uh, Dr. Sandra? Yes. Excuse me, um, if we all muted our, our uh, microphones, you wouldn't get this. There's lots of feedback or something. Happening. Yeah, somebody, uh, somebody has their microphone on. Uh, please, yeah, mute, mute your microphone. Or if you have your phone, uh, you know, put something over the receiver. Because that's the problem. You get a lot of people and their microphones are on. I had one guy one time was cutting the grass and he was listening. He heard the motor in the background or somebody else was doing their dishes. So, <laughs> uh, okay, photo uh, biomodulation. We're finding out that light can stimulate regeneration. Um, and this was an article just recently published in a major retinal journal. Uh, randomized sham controlled single center study photobiomodulation for the treatment of dry age related macular degeneration. So, even mainstream medicine is becoming interested, in, and studies are coming out about regeneration using light. We have a laser in our practice called the 2RT. And this, uh, there was a study done in Australia that showed that application with this particular light. Increase the progression of macular degeneration by 70%. And this is a case of extensive drusen on the left and on the right, decrease in drusen with light application. So this is regeneration. Uh, this is another article, subthreshold nanosecond laser intervention. Now, this laser intervention I'm talking about is different than the laser that destroys tissue. This is a low-level laser, much like the light therapy that you're using, which stimulates regeneration. So this isn't the destructive laser that eye doctors used to use years ago, where they would actually go in and destroy, you know, blood vessels and areas that are leakage. This is lasers for regeneration. Uh, also, ozone therapy. 
you know, we need oxygen for regeneration. Now, not all of you are using ozone, uh, but I encourage you to investigate ozone because oxygen is essential for reju uh, rejuvenation. And ozone uh, increases the oxygen concentration in your body and helps to regenerate. And this was a presentation that was presented at the World uh, International Congress uh, on Ozone in France. And a few years ago, I had the pleasure of speaking at this conference, talking about my experience in using ozone for uh, regeneration. But this is noted throughout the world, not just the United States. Uh, in Italy, Spain, Germany, they're widely using ozone to help uh, patients with glaucoma, retinitis pigmentosa, macular degeneration. Now, of course, I published this in 2015 where I looked at um, uh, 295 eyes that were treated using uh, my parameters. And these, these are the categories that I looked at. Um, dry macular, glaucoma, wet, also macular hole, pucker, wrinkling, stargarts, cataract, ischemic optic nerve disease, retinitis pigmentosa, all these different categories. Now, if you're interested, uh, you can go to my website and download the article, and you can look at the specific results for each one of these individual eye diseases. But overall, uh, these are the results. The majority of, of patients had a significant improvement of vision. Uh, greater than 85% had a significant improvement of vision, including some that had two lines, two two. Uh, one line or th uh, two lines of vision or more. And this is only after three days. But I want to, uh, I want to close by saying that, um, you know, you can do all these, these therapies. You can do microcurrent, light, ozone, detoxification. But it all comes down to, I believe, proper nutrition. Nutrition is the key. If you don't have a good, healthy diet, you don't have the building blocks, your eye and vision is not going to regenerate. You also need proper hydration. Why is that? Well, uh, keeping your body properly hydrated is one way of eliminating toxins and uh, poisons in your body that may be slowing regeneration. Uh, you know, our body is 70 to 80 percent water. All cellular function needs water you're not properly hydrated, uh, that is going to limit your regeneration. Also, the importance of detox. If you have heavy metals, you've got to get rid of that lead and mercury. And I think that can be a, uh, a factor to prevent regeneration. Uh, also, you need to reduce stress. You know, you've heard over and over again, stress is a killer. Find a way to reduce stress. Uh, I love exercise. In fact, my wife and I this morning, we bicycled uh, for a couple of hours, you know, enjoying nature, getting out and, you know, exercise is wonderful. Meditation, uh, prayer, you know, positive affirmations, uh, all these things. You've got you to gotta reduce the stress. Now, this is something that that blew my mind. This uh, this came out. A low carb diet may reduce the risk of some types of uh, primary open angle glaucoma. And I think it's well accepted now that a low carb diet. But what I mean by a low carb diet, more fats and proteins than carb, 
is better for your brain and eye, right? I'm sure all of you have heard that. But this study looked at the low-carb diet, but they find that people that had a low-carb vegetarian diet in a certain subtype of glaucoma had a uh, 20% reduction in progression of visual field loss, which was unbelievable. So if you get your, your fats from vegetables, that may be the key. So this is kind of exciting. You know, I'm a big advocate of a vegetarian diet. Uh, my wife and I are vegetarian. And since I shifted over to a vegetarian diet, um, you know, my blood pressure is much better. I have better energy. I'm sleeping better at night. Uh, but, you know, occasionally, I mean, I'm not a strict vegetarian. Occasionally I'll have a steak or some chicken. But I would say 95% to 99% of what I eat uh, is a vegetarian, vegetarian diet. So if you want more information, and maybe reread this book. Many of you had this book. It was my gift to you. You got to read the first chapter. The first chapter is all about diet and nutrition. Um, I think that is essential. Uh, and if you do have any questions on nutrition, you know, please uh, contact the office. So in conclusion, I believe that our bodies can regenerate. I see it all the time. I see miracles all the time. I see people with, you know, return of their eyesight, improvements of visual field, you know, regeneration of the eye. So I, there's no question in my mind, regeneration can take place. And if you are not experienced regeneration, if you are not experienced a improvement of your vision, then there's some type of limiting factor. And, you know, we've got to find out that limiting factor. And that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm kind of like your coach. Um, uh, you, you know, you need somebody to kind of look, do an overview of what you're doing and, and find out what you're, what you're, you know, what maybe, what maybe you're missing. All right. So that's my um, uh, presentation. So let's, um, and I have recorded this. I hope the recording works and I'll, I'll make this available for you. So the lines are open for a question. Let me see here. I think that um, there is a, a chat here. Yeah. Okay, there's a couple of ways you can, you can either ask me a question or you could type uh type it in. There was one here. Will the microcurrent machine be customized for the in individual? Yeah. When we uh, when we give you your first microcurrent machine, it is customized for you. That's one of the reasons why I review your records. I kind of look at the nature of your pathology. You know, maybe macular degeneration to you, but there are probably a hundred different variations of macular degeneration. Another question here. Do you believe that the pancreas of type 1 diabetic can be regenerated? Um, mm. I, I believe anything is possible. 
Uh, and if, you know, of course, you know, type one diabetes, there's for some reason destruction of the pancreas, lack of insulin. And of course, that's not my area of expertise. You know, my area of expertise is the eye. Uh, do, but I do believe that uh, you know, any organ can can be regenerated. And the thing is that we want to we want to catch you in a state where the organ or tissue is dysfunctional. Um, because it's a lot easier to regenerate a dysfunctional organ or tissue than um, something that has it totally died. Can I comment on epigenetics and its association with regeneration? That is the hottest topic right now, epigenetics. The ability for us to influence the genetics of our of our body. You know, at one time it was felt that, okay, you have a strong family history of heart disease. There's nothing you can do. You're going to get heart disease. But now we're finding out that you can turn on good genes and turn off the bad genes. And one of the big ways of turning off the bad genes and turning on the good genes is um, by good nutrition and detoxifying your body. Also, believe it or not, the microcurrent, your genetic material, your DNA, if you look at DNA, it's a long strand. The DNA almost looks like an antenna. And uh, being a ham radio operator, I design my own antennas. And, you know, we have put different configurations to absorb these frequencies. So believe it or not, our DNA is like an antenna in our body. And we're absorbing frequencies. We're absorbing good frequencies and bad frequencies. And that's why I'm very, very careful with dirty electricity. You know, Wi-Fi, uh, 5G, uh, the smart meters, uh, microwave. There's a lot of dirty electricity. I think it's adversely affecting our um, uh, DNA and adversely affecting our genetic makeup. And do I have any experience with um, cancer? Um, cancer is a very, very complicated and complex because there's many, many different etiologies of cancer. It can be environmental. It can be genetic. Um, so, you know, each case needs to be individually looked at. And I spent uh, three months in India studying with a brilliant homeopathic doctor, Dr. Ramakrishna, who actually wrote a book called The Homeopathic Treatment of Cancer. And uh, he has phenomenal results using homeopathy, uh, trying to look at the underlying uh, cause. And so, you know, cancer needs to be addressed, uh, you know, from, from many different angles. You know, uh, if you have a devastating form of cancer, I'm not going to recommend that you just use homeopathy or microcurrent. You got to look at the traditional treatment, alternative treatment. You got to sort of embrace everything. And that's one way that you can get the, the best results for that. Okay, can I talk about light therapy and spacing the Oculomed drops? Um, so I, I think that anytime you use an eye drop, you should probably wait five or 10 minutes. Uh, before 
using any other type of eye drop. I do think that probably the microcurrent right after putting the Oculumet eye drops may have a benefit because the microcurrent acts as a carrier. In other words, those uh, uh, frequencies and current that goes into your eye can carry that material in. So if you're using the Oculumet drops, which is a drop used to treat cataracts, it may be helpful then to you know, do the microcurrent directly after. If you're using the Oculumed and maybe uh, glaucoma medication or some other eye drops, I would wait you know, a good five to 10 minutes, maybe even longer, 15, because those petrochemicals from the other drops may interfere. May interfere. So in addition to chatting, uh, you're welcome to ask a question. I think if you're unmuted, you can ask. Doctor, since uh, Florida has opened up again, when are you going to see patients? Well, uh, my patients are a high-risk group. So, uh, you know, right now I'm not planning to open up. Uh, so it's a lot different. You know, when people come to my office, uh, we have maybe 10 to 12 people that are there for, for two or three days. So there's a lot closer interaction than a typical medical office, you know, where you walk in and you're only there for 10 or 15 minutes. So I still think, and plus actually the numbers have increased in Florida, they're increasing. So I do think social distancing. Also, um, we've had such good results with the home program. And now with the ability of being able to, you know, program your machine from a distance even makes, uh, you know, the, this remote application even better. But then remember, you know, it's it's not just uh, coming to Florida and coming to my office. Many of you have to fly in an airplane. Uh, so, you know, that's a risk. There's a question here, Ken Matthews. Have you read The Invisible Rainbow? Ken, are you there? I'm yes, not I'm familiar. Here. I'm not familiar with the book, The Invisible Rainbow. Right. The subtitle is The History of uh, Electricity and Life. So I just mentioned it because um, if you read that book, you will have a whole new appreciation for um, the danger of being around electrical fields. And, and it's the uh, same as what you were commenting about uh, uh, radio frequencies. Okay, that's another one. I'm going to put that on my list to read. The Invisible Rainbow. Thank you. You're welcome. Colon, A History of Electricity and Life. And it history. starts off, it, it mm -hmm. might think it's a bit odd, but it's about history. And it's about how the, all the people that were developing these high-powered radios uh, were getting sick. And they, didn't, <laughs> they had no idea what was going on. Well, one thing, you know, I'm a ham radio operator. And uh, there's definitely dangers with, um, you know, radio frequencies around the machine. And, you know, we grind all of our equipment. And uh, there's actually actually RF meters that we measure because we, we deal with some pretty high frequencies. And the other, the other thing is, uh, is this whole idea of grinding or earthing. I've spoke about that uh, at another lecture where, you know, 
our bodies need to be grounded to the earth. You know, we're wearing rubber-soled shoes, we're walking on carpeting. And Dr. Stephen Sinatra wrote a book called Earthing. I would highly encourage you to read that. He felt that this was this, his greatest discovery in his medical career, earthing. And uh, our body needs to be grounded to the earth. And that's one way to, to negate the uh, negative uh, frequencies and you know radio frequencies around us. In fact, my wife and I, we sleep with a, with a grinding mat at night. It's a sheet that we lay on top of, and you know it's plugged right into the ground of your electrical outlet. And so those of you that may be having some problems sleeping, uh, I, would, I would recommend investigating that. Uh, I, I have uh, such a grounding, not a really a sheet, but a strip. Um, and uh, the only controversy with that, I mean, I, I've seen people, I don't know how to verify this, I've seen people recommend, well, that's great if you're more in the middle of nowhere, but they're talking about um, if you live in a city with a lot of RF, um, and this may, guy may be completely off, off, but he was saying, uh, he's relating to the fact that when you do antennas, grounding them make them function better. So he was worried about um, your body acting more as an antenna if you were grounded. Um, and perhaps that's true, but maybe it's still still better to be grounded than not. Well, you know, I have an antenna, I have many different antennas for my radio operation, my ham radio operation. And when you ground the antenna, you eliminate the unwanted frequencies. It's more targeted to one frequency you're trying to pick up. You know, the antenna is tuned for one particular harmonic frequency that you want to receive. So um, by grounding, you eliminate the chatter, if you will. Um, so, but I think you just have to, you know, listen to your body. Uh, I, occasionally I hear of some people, they, they try the grounding and it makes them worse. So that may illustrate the point that you made, that maybe it's enabling them to pick up other frequencies. Or, or maybe they've got something odd about the ground on their, if that happens, then they should really try like a, a rod into the, the ground. Right. But, but there's also weird problems in, in cities now where there's a lot of weird currents running through the ground. Oh, it's horrible. You know, you have the 5G now and, uh, you know, all the cell towers and, you know, the Wi-Fi. I mean, people are sleeping at night. Their Wi-Fi's on. They're sleeping next to their cell phone. I mean, it's horrible. I think this is, it's, this is actually, I think it's catastrophic for our society. And I do believe that a lot of these unwanted currents uh, can um, uh, be causing problems with um, uh, the microcurrent maybe in your body not working properly. Yeah, I'm wondering if I'm a little too close to uh, my smart meter. I mean, <laughs> my problems in the, the, the smart meter thing sort of uh, coincided. I mean, I have no idea. I, I would just uh, wish I was smarter and I, I didn't get that on my house. <laughs> yeah, well, there's something called a Faraday cage. It's a uh, metal uh, protection. 
So if you identify your smart meter on one wall, you can get like a metal shield. You can do some research on that. That'll prevent the magnetic current from hitting your body. Right. I have a bit of that. I, I should do more. I got to put it on the back. You see, a lot of people will put the Faraday cage over the meter itself, and then I'm, you're thinking, well, that's going to make it um, transmit at higher power, and that should come out the back, you know? So I'm very suspicious of the cages that just go around the meter itself. I mean, that would be great when you're working outside. <laughs> right. Uh huh. Dr. Uh, Dr. Conrad. Uh, I understand um, that using the uh, light therapy before the microcurrent is better? Uh, that has never been studied, whether to do the light therapy before or after the microcurrent. Uh, generally speaking, I think the microcurrent has a greater effect than um, the light therapy. And it's, it's synergistic, you know, the two seem to work together. But I'm not sure if it's more effective if one is done before the other. Hey, thank you. One thing I do recommend, you don't do the light therapy at night. So when the sun sets, do the light therapy during the day, because I do think that the light therapy may interfere with your uh, circadian rhythm. So if you do the light therapy, let's say 11 o'clock at night, that may interfere with your circadian rhythm. That's a whole nother topic about the importance of illuminating certain frequencies, uh, wavelengths of light at night, in particular, the blue wavelengths of light at night. You need blue during the day, uh, but you need to avoid the blue at night. Thank you. Any other questions? Okay, well, uh, I am looking for a topic for next month. Uh, if you do have some ideas, uh, please email me and I can put together a presentation. Um, because many of you out there are at different stages of the program. Some of you have been in, you know, involved with the program for a year or more, others are just new. So, um, I'm happy to talk about any topic in particular. So I want to thank all of you for joining me. And to all of you, good health and clear vision. Stay safe and healthy. And I'll look forward to talking to you the first uh, Wednesday of November, okay? All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.